Welcome to episode six of Holy Cow Cubs podcast. I am your host, Sean Holland. And our guest today on the podcast is Matthias Workner, who also writes through Cubs Insider with me. He does a lot of the other recaps and game previews that I don't do. Um, he is from uh, Northwest Florida and Texas. So in this interview, I asked him how he became a Cubs fan. Uh, we also talk about the Cubs' recent hot play and um, the emergence of three of their young players. Uh, we also end with a long discussion about James Bond movies. So if you're into James Bond movies, I think you'll enjoy the uh, end of our podcast. Um, there were a couple um, little sound interruptions during... Um, the interview, but most of it is good. So here is our interview with Matthias Workner. Uh, the Cubs have been red hot of late. They've won seven of their last eight games, and they're right back in the race. So do you think this is like going to be this way for the rest of the year, or do you think this is just a temporary hot streak? I mean, if they can win seven out of eight games all, like for the rest of the year, that would be great, but... I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell because, as we've seen before, they'll go on these really good winning streaks or have these really good streaks of 10 games where they'll win 8 out of the 10 games. But then they'll go on these streaks where they'll win 2 out of the next 12 or something ridiculously bad. So we, I think we have to wait a little bit in order to actually know if this team is for real again or not. Yeah, I feel the same way. It's just like, you think, I keep thinking, is this, they're going to turn the corner for good, but then... There's always something that comes up that, you know, seems to block everything. And, like, even on Friday, we had that little nine-run inning, so. Yeah. It's like you never you can never be sure. Yeah, you just, you never know because stuff like that could happen where all, everything just goes bad, like, hap- like what happened in that uh, eighth inning. Yeah, so anyway, um, we had a pretty good game yesterday, which looked like it was going to be another tough game but then the Cubs were able to pull it out at the very end and mm-hmm. it's just you know uh, can we just stop for a minute and talk about Chris Bryant's base running because wow oh, yeah. oh, and you, but and I think uh, I think what happened on that play was Dexter Fowler was trying to deke him into like thinking that he was going to be able to score and then try and throw him out that way he, they could get out of the inning but it didn't work for him yeah I mean if you saw him, he was, he was like jogging. He wasn't sprinting for the ball at all. No. Yeah, no, it could, it, that might be like an old teammate thing where it's like, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you to run. And it's like, you know, he made a good throw. I mean, it just yeah. Molina couldn't pick it. but so. And I yes. don't think he would have gotten him even if he would have picked it. No, he probably wouldn't have. No, all right, it's, so. It's um, hard to tell. Yeah, and a big part of this uh, – hot streak has been the starting pitching all of a sudden has really started to pitch well and that's got to be a good sign but do you think that will last i hope so i mean with the the previous question or the previous question asking about the the cubs in general 
you just don't know because maybe they'll return back to their 2016 form or maybe they'll just have these couple of good starts and then go back to the way they've performed overall. That, yeah. I think you just have to sit and wait and see. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of waiting and seeing. And, um, yeah. of course, tonight um, we're recording on Sunday afternoon. It's Jose Quintana's first start at Wrigley Field as a Cub. But, you know, it really does feel like the addition of Quintana really has fired up the entire team. I mean, that, that's tough to say. Just, because it could be a, a, a thing uh, of, like, correlation is not causation. It could be he was added and the team just happened to go on this big run. Or it could be that he was the reason why we're starting to be good. Um, it's great that we added another cost-controlled pitcher because we really needed it for the future. But in the short term, it's, it's, it's tough to say because it's still too soon and for me to like say anything definitive. I know I'm sounding kind of wishy-washy. You know, Look, we got to wait until later, but you really have to wait longer than eight games in order to really see how it unfolds. Yeah, and it, that that is like a media thing that that people do like to do. Like, well, you know, they added him. They're winning at the same time. Obviously, they're related. But like you said, sometimes it's just random noise. It's just like the Cubs are going to w- start winning anyway, and then they added Canton at the same time. So I know what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, it definitely won't hurt at all because there are a bunch of questions at the back of the rotation with Eddie Butler and Mike Montgomery being a little shaky. Mm-hmm. And Quintana helps solidify that. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's, I guess, on a side note of that, do you think the Cubs are done adding players? At least oh, making that. big players? You think they're going to do more? Um, they might not add any big players, but I don't, I'm pretty sure they're not done. Based on how many rumors are swirling around about them getting a veteran catcher and how they're still in the pitching market. Yeah. I don't expect a major move, but I'm with you. I think they'll make some kind of small moves at the margins like that. So I think that will probably happen. Of course, it, the, uh, the market. Go ahead. No, you can go. No, you, you're good. You're hosting, man. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, I guess I am. Um, <laughs> I to move on to the uh, the Brewers have really started to fall apart of late. They've, they've lost a bunch of games. And um, the Pirates are starting to really surge ahead. So going ahead, do you think the Pirates are the bigger threat than the Brewers, or do you even think maybe the Cardinals could still sneak back in? Uh, if I had to pick a team that I would say was the biggest threat in the Central, I would say the Pirates. But I don't think they're as big a threat as some people might believe. I mean, I just I, I still see it being the Cubs and then everybody else because everybody else has so many holes. Um like the the Cardinals, for example, they they're relying on their pitching being ridiculously good. Like they're pitching way above their heads, like way way above how they have in their careers. It's, especially Adam Wainwright, we thought he was done last year, and he came back and he's pitching well. I don't know if that's going to last all season. Um, with the Pirates, you've had they've got a way better rotation, and they got Starling Marte back, so their their lineup is pretty stout. Yeah, and it's the you know, I, I, I never want to write off the Brewers, but it yeah. just doesn't seem like they've got... I mean, now they could make a trade for, like, a Sonny Gray or something, but what they've actually got, like, I, I think they're going to be good. I believe that they're going to be good in a couple years. I believe that that hype. But I just don't think they're going to be good this year. I just don't think they've got what it takes. But 
Yeah, I was really surprised at how well they're doing and how well they've sustained it, but I just, I'm in the same boat as you. I didn't think they were going to be very good. And if if they go and buy a bunch of pieces to win this year, I think that's really bad on their part because they should really be rebuilding because they have a bunch of talent in the minors that's ready to come up and develop and then they'll turn into a powerhouse in a couple of years, like you said. Yeah, it's like, do you really want to trade away a couple prom- a few of your promising young guys to get a sunny gray and maybe sneak into the playoffs. It just doesn't seem like it's a wise move. I mean, sunny gray wouldn't ter- wouldn't exactly be a terrible deal because he's around for, I believe until 2020. So he, he'd be like a, a cornerstone of the rotation for a couple of years. Yeah. That may- maybe, I'm, maybe that would be the right move for them. I guess I do like that. The rumors about the Cubs being interested in gray because Obviously, they pretty much tapped out their miners. It's obviously a move to, um, you know, try to force up the Brewers' payment for Gray. But I do like that people are, at least for a minute, entertaining it. Like, oh, my God, we could get Sonny Gray, too. And I, uh, I don't like to be that guy that goes, <laughs> no, we're not getting Sonny Gray. <laughs> no, we'd have to trade somebody at the major league level. And I believe Theo's made it perfectly clear that he's not going to trade anybody from the young core. Yeah, I hate to be that guy that always rains on people's parades, but you know. <laughs> somebody has to be that guy. Exactly. Speaking of that uh, young core of talent, we we're seeing a lot of like Javi Baez, Addison Russell, Wilson Contreras are all on just massive tears of late. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, which one of those are you the most encouraged to see? I would have to say Javi Baez. Because he's always had the potential to be really good at the plate, but hasn't been able to put anything together so far. Like, I mean, I know it's it's still a short streak, but it's pretty cool to see because not only is he hitting the ball well, but he's also drawing walks at a higher rate, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, well, so he I, almost I like never yeah. Bias, but yeah. also having that production from Contreras as a catcher is fantastic. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. His walk rate is up. I mean, he almost didn't have a walk rate before. So just to see him take walks ever is like, I remember a couple, like a week or so ago, he took like a four-pitch walk against the Braves or someone. I was like, oh, my God, I've never seen him take a four-pitch walk before. So Yeah, that was, that was really good. But, yeah, and I, you know, Contreras, too, is like, I'm a big Contreras fan, so I really like seeing that. But, you know, Russell, too, is starting to, I don't know what it is with Russell, but the second halves of years, he always starts to drive the ball a lot more. And then the first halves of every year, it's like he just forgets how to hit again. I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't. It's interesting. I guess I guess it's mainly that we're seeing young players the major league in the past. They would be in the minors doing this type of thing, but they're so good on defense and they have that great offensive potential that we have to keep them up here. So you're going to see the dips and uh, ups in their production. Yeah. And, you know, kind of a side note from this, too, I was going to... There's been, I've heard a lot of people, people have asked me about, shouldn't the Cubs going for an American League pitcher, reliever, starter, shouldn't they just trade Kyle Schwarber? Because he's never going to be... He's just he's made to be a DH, and it's just... He would be the perfect piece to trade. 
I'm usually not for that, but I want to know what you thought of it. Somebody who's really good and is controlled for three, four, five years, I think they should definitely trade Kyle Schwarber. I mean, he's not as bad on defense as people think he is, but we've got so many pieces that you can move around to left field that I, I don't really have a problem with it. I used to be opposed to it, but after after this year, I'd be okay with it because we need they need uh, rotation depth down the line. Yeah, and it would be, you know, you hate to give up. Like, that's what I always say when people talk about training these guys. I hate to give up any of them because yeah. they have the potential to be, like, great players. Some They could all end up being, like, superstar players. But eventually you're going to have to decide on somebody to move. Because they can't all fit on the team. Right. But anyway, uh, no, it's just like, because, yeah, if they trade Schwarber, you could end up being a 40-home run guy. But he could also mm-hmm. end up being uh, Jorge Soler, so you never know. And if they trade him into the American League, it's not a big deal because they won't see him much of the year, if at all. Yeah, and if you all you're worried about is seeing him in the World Series, I, I think that's, yeah. a, that's a deal we'll be willing to make. Uh, anyway, um, so now you this weekend, or not? Maybe it was was it last last week? You got to see the Cubs in person at the new SunTrust Park. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hear what your thoughts were on the new Brave Stadium. Uh, I I actually liked it a lot, and I've been to Turner Field previously, and I don't know if you've been there, but sitting in the stands at Turner Field, it felt huge. The park just felt cavernous. It felt like you were really small there, like you were far away from the action. At SunTrust, it's completely different. Like the, All the fans are basically on the field. Everybody feels pretty condensed. I don't think it holds as many people, but I don't feel like that's a big issue. It, it just feels a lot more – it's better for baseball, for baseball fans. Yeah, that makes sense because I never went to Turner Field, but I have often gone to Coors Field and – so I know about being in gigantic stadiums. That, so I, I, I get that. Now, I've got, I've got a long-standing bone to pick with the Braves. And I, I think I made it clear on, the, on Twitter, too. That song that they play when they get men on base, the war chant or whatever, that oh, song drives man. me crazy. They don't just play it when they get on base. They play it all the time. Going there as an opposing fan... You just want to not be able to hear or see anything because it's just, it's so annoying. Especially when there are runners on base and they're putting pressure on the uh, the pitching staff. Like whenever yeah. Wade Davis was having trouble closing out game one, I believe, it would play pretty much every, like after every single pitch, it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was driving me crazy just watching it. And of course, um, I guess I, it double affects me because... I'm, I watch a lot of college football, and I do not like Florida State. So <laughs> yeah, that's also played at Florida State games. So yeah, yes, I, I'd be very happy if that song was never played again. Unfortunately, I don't think that'll happen. No. All right. Well, I guess that's. I'm always interested in like um, how people become Cubs fans, especially when they don't live in Chicago, because. I'm from Montana, and I've never lived in Chicago. So I wanted to hear a little bit about how you became a Cubs fan. 
how I became a Cubs fan. Well, um, I grew up in a small town in northwestern Florida, so there were, the nearest baseball park was Turner Field, I believe. It was about five hours away. So we never really got to go to baseball games. Um, and the only ones that were consistently broadcast on TV were Cubs, White Sox, and Atlanta Braves because of WGN and TBS. Uh, they used to broadcast Cubs games all the time on WGN. It's unfortunate that they stopped but getting broadcast on WGN because then people like people who don't have MLB.TV or aren't in the market aren't able to watch them anymore. So I think that'll affect the fandom in the, the future. But um, it was 1998, and I want to say it was it was either because I remember watching the Carrywood 20 strikeout game, but I also remember the home run race. I think it might have been both of those things that just solidified my Cubs fandom because I love Sammy Sosa a lot. Like, he, yeah. was, he was one of the reasons why I watched the Cubs. Yeah, and people forget now, Sammy Sosa was a huge deal, and, like, we all loved him. Like, now it's like he's got all this stuff around him and stuff, but back then it was like Sammy Sosa was the man. Yeah. And for the longest time, I, I never understood why he was never – really around after he left the Cubs and getting older and it's like, oh, okay, well that sucks. I don't, I don't like him as much anymore, but it would be yeah. cool to see the Cubs, you know, bring him in every once in a while. Yes. Well, I remember back then, like um, I was like, you know, Sammy Sosa, like, if people are saying Sammy Sosa's on steroids, that's outrageous. Mark McGuire, he's on steroids. I know he is. Yeah. But Sammy Sosa, he was not. Turns out everybody was on steroids. Probably. Yes, they were. <laughs> I think deep in our in our hearts we knew Sammy might be on steroids, but we didn't care. I was oblivious to it. Yes. Well, yeah, and, and, yeah, but and that year was like amazing too. Not just for like Sammy Sosa, but the Cubs actually made the playoffs, which I had oh, never yeah. seen. Yeah, I had never seen before. You know, because when I don't I don't know how old you are, but I, I'm. Um, I was born in 85, so I don't remember when they made the playoffs in the 80s. So this was my first experience with them making the playoffs was 98. Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. But then again, I was, I was 10 years old, so... Yeah, I don't yeah, remember so, a whole lot that year. The, the yeah. first playoff experience that I have that I remember was 2003. Now, I was going to ask an interesting question about that, that... Because um, were you able to get to any of those Cubs-Braves playoff games in Atlanta in 2003? Or? Actually, um, in 2003, that's when my family moved to Texas. So I was way further away from oh, okay. the field than I used to be. But even even if I wasn't, I probably wouldn't be able to go simply because my family is so large and taking that many. Like, we, I have seven siblings, so taking that oh, many wow. kids up to a park. Five hours away is kind of a an ordeal. Yes, I can imagine. Um, that's actually it's an interesting question because you were on Twitter showing pictures of your uh, trip to the Braves Cubs game, and you were talking about your brother who's a Braves fan who you were yeah. arguing with. So that must have been interesting when the Cubs and Braves were in the playoffs. Yeah, um, yeah, he was not pleased when the the Braves lost that series. And I just remember being so happy because the Cubs actually beat the Braves. Because the Braves were really good back then. Yes. 
And it was nice to be able to gloat in my brother's face because the Cubs sucked so much and the Braves have been so good for so long that they actually won. Yeah, so they're probably even more breaking rates last year. <laughs> I mean, uh, not really because I want to say they split the season series. So, And that's mm. all he cares about these days is how the Braves do against the Cubs directly. Yeah. Yeah, actually, they were, the Braves were pretty annoying last year against the Cubs. I think they went like four. I think they went like four and two against them, which is weird. But you know, baseball is baseball, I guess. Yes, it is. Um, oh, now I know what I was going to ask you. Um, you've been uh, going through doing an interesting project this summer, as far as movie watching. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll tell you. You were been telling people on Twitter. Your plan is to watch all the James Bond movies this summer, uh-huh. which I found very interesting. But what's your progress on that? Uh, I haven't really made much progress because I've been on the road for a, lo- a long time. So I haven't – I've gotten to – I think my next movie is uh, the sixth one. It's the one right after Her Majesty's Secret Service. I can't remember what it's called, though. Yeah. So what have your thoughts been on the early uh, – Sean Connery James Bond movies. Oh man, I, I love Sean Connery a lot. Like I hadn't seen a lot of Sean Connery Bond in it, and I used to think that Pierce Brosnan was the best Bond, or he was the 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 best personified version of Bond. And it's watching the Sean Connery films. It's like, man, this guy is way better than I thought that uh, he was. Yeah, and I remember watching. I I watched some of them then, and I was thinking. Oh, these are where all these Austin Powers jokes, like tons of Austin Powers jokes, like instantly started to make sense when I was watching these. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's weird because actually they've been on cable a lot lately. It's weird. I don't know what the thing is, but they're showing a lot of the old James Bond movies. And yeah, they are, they are pretty entertaining. I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a great time. I mean, the story is fairly predictable. They just change up the elements a little bit. So it's more about a long, like, watching the adventure, seeing what he does to get to the conclusion of the film. Yeah, and my favorite part is always to see what kind of, like, thing the bad guy leaves him in that he can easily escape. It's like, <laughs> like gee, what kind of elaborate plot are they going to have him in this time? Like, we'll leave you alone in this room. And, like, well, why do you just take him out? I don't... Well, the thing is, it looks easy to us to escape, but in reality, if we were put in that situation, I don't think we'd be able to do it. That's right. And I do, like, everywhere he goes, there's, like, beautiful women everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. you could go to, like, the DMV, and there's, like, 30 <laughs> models in the room. Yeah, and it goes, uh, he gets out in, like, 30 minutes or something ridiculously fast, and there's yeah. a line of 40 people when he gets there. Exactly. No, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. But no, that that's awesome. that that's that's an that's an interesting uh interesting thing to watch. But yeah, so I guess if anyone wants to, because you usually live tweet when you uh, watch these movies. So. Oh yeah, I didn't live tweet uh, Her Majesty's Secret Service, but I might watch it again because it was it was different than the other ones that I've seen. It was just I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. Yes. So, yeah, but I, I guess then 
your uh, Twitter handles at Weckenerd. Am I saying it? I don't know if I'm saying it right. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, and then, of course, mine is at STH85. I guess I should remind people of that so they can follow me. Although, if you're listening to this and not following me, well, I guess there's some people that might not be. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, coming up, the Cubs are playing the Cardinals tonight, and then the White Sox for four, and then a big series against the Brewers in Milwaukee. So what do you think the Cubs are going to be after this uh, week of games? Where do you, what position do you think they'll be in? They'll be in first. Okay. Yeah, because they shouldn't have any problem with the White Sox, given that they just traded away a bunch of their uh, major league talent. All right, yeah. well. That, I, I think they should win tonight because it's Quintana, and I don't know who is pitching for the Cardinals, but... I think it's uh, Michael Waka, if I remember right. Yeah, they usually hit Waka pretty hard. Yes. So it, it should be a... Hopefully a relatively easy win, but you never know with the Cubs these days. And then yeah. the four games, I, I think they will win three out of four at least. Yeah, you, you hope they, they will because, as you were saying, the White Sox are pretty degraded since all these trades. But I guess, on the other hand, I guess this will be the biggest game of the year for the White Sox, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, Yon Mankata could uh, surprise us all and just burst out. Exactly. And I'm with you. I'm thinking that series against the Brewers is, I think the Cubs are going to be very up for that series. At least I hope they will be. They should be. All right. Well, I guess I'll let you have a little, you can plug, um, you write for Cubs Insider. You do a lot of the the recaps and previews. I mainly do the recaps and some of the series previews. That's right. And Uh, I usually do the other, a lot of the other ones. But we have a lot of other people that are good, too, that recap, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to leave them out, either. That's right. We're all good except Evan, who sucks, though. No. <laughs> He's the worst. That's right. <laughs> no, no. If he listens to this, I'm just joking. Please don't fire yeah, me. <laughs> all right, well, I guess that... Thank you for coming on the podcast. And uh, we'll keep reading your uh, work on Cubs Insider. Sweet. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with a new episode next week.